Julie. Julie, the points, the rules, what are they? Now, kids under 12, they're worth double points. Julie, does it count if I graze them? Mm. I destroy them. I want them dead. become a man. Dead babies can take care of themselves. Dead babies can take things off the shelf. Well, we didn't love you We hold a special place in our hearts for children, for they are the future. They are full of hope, full of life, they are pure and innocent. Which is why we generally don't like seeing them shot, blown up, thrown from buildings, lit on fire, or eaten by monsters. And when it comes to the movies, we usually don't. A film might display the most horrifically graphic, gore-filled violence imaginable to adults, but draw the line when it comes to kids. Well, most of the time, that is. On this episode of Slums of Film History, we discuss the movies that dared to cross the line and venture into what is arguably the last cinematic taboo that's left. So join us today as we take up Kid Killing. Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is normally not discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and the school's the other. We discuss everything from S&M Nazis to murderous children to big-ass insects. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hey Slate. Hey Tom. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. We're we're rolling. I know. I know we're, it's good. We're going. Season four. Season four, episode three. Yeah. Uh, you got anything to put out? I do. So for my episode on Russ Meyer, I had mentioned kind of a comment uh, that someone had made about this guy named William Rotzler. One of our listeners, his father and William Rotzler were friends. And he said, he gave me kind of like a history, which I, I won't tell you everything, but uh, William Rotzler was like this, you know, kind of uh, kind of like a, a pornographer back in the 70s. Sure. But he said that it's pretty well assumed that Burt Reynolds' character in Boogie Nights was based off of this guy. Huh. So I mentioned him for one second and he you know had made a comment about russ Meyer, yeah, yeah. but that was really interesting so that is uh, interesting. thanks chris for letting me know about yeah, william thanks, i'm gonna do a little bit more research on this guy because maybe i'll do an episode about him but 
Thanks, Chris. A couple of other things. So on my episode on venereal diseases, which was just really a, an all-time high for me. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, a listener named Daniel sent me this movie. It's called Trauma's War. So obviously it's a trauma movie, mm-hmm. but it was directed by Lloyd Toxic Avenger Kaufman. Uh, he says it's like Invasion USA meets Lost, but it's really kind wow. of about like AIDS terrorists. Huh. Okay. Wow. Great. So that's free online and we'll put it on the website. Um, so that was kind of an add on to venereal diseases that I mentioned. Did you watch that at all? No, I haven't watched it. It's on my list, though. I definitely, right. I mean, that sounds great. Hey, yeah, who doesn't love AIDS terrors? Speaking of venereal diseases, I have one, just kidding. There are two movies that I saw recently that were kind of venereal disease movies that okay. I didn't talk about. One was Florence Foster Jenkins. Did I say that right? Is that right? Yeah. Florence Fo- yeah. So Florence Foster Jenkins in real life had. Had syphilis and the movie takes place before um, penicillin so she has all of these syphilis related you know Issues like problems yeah she something. got it from her first husband so that was interesting yeah uh, also the movie antiviral it was david cronenberg's son's first film yeah i heard um, of it i haven't seen it not really my favorite there's so many scenes of needles going into skin i'm like after you see five of those you're like okay are, yeah, are we, we good it. here yeah. not not seven more of those anyway i was unimpressed by it but there is some type of like they give you herpes they inject you with herpes and that is part of the premise of the movie so Mm. another uh, herpes thriller yeah so two other venereal disease movies that i've seen since that so all right so those are my updates yeah those great so let's get going yeah i'm ready okay so killing Kid killing. Holy shit. So how did I come up with this topic? I know. Well, I know you know. I look at this one as a companion piece to Kids That Kill. Right. One of the things that you mentioned, and I saw a theme when you were doing the episode, was that these terrible children would meet their fate. Mm-hmm. And it was okay to show that because they were awful, murderous children and they deserve what they got. Sure. But one thing I noticed in other movies and I started seeing more and more of were these films where these innocent kids who didn't do anything wrong, they were just at the wrong place, wrong time or whatever, they would get killed on camera. And that's such a rare, weird thing that you don't see very much. And right. When a kid very gets killed frowned, in a movie, it's right. It's, it's very rare. frowned upon and yeah. it's even more rare to actually see it on screen. Mm-hmm. But I thought of several instances where that happened and I'm like, yeah, let me dig into this a little bit. So I did. And here we are. You know, it's funny because we say in our intro, and we've said this since we started, if there's a topic too taboo, we haven't found it yet. I think this one's kind of close. I mean, I I don't have a problem talking about it, but I think just this topic is, when I said in the intro, it's the last cinematic taboo that's left. I I really think it is, at least one of them. So uh, before we get started, though, I want to set a couple of ground rules. First of all, I'm talking about kids, not teenagers, which is similar to yours. By that, I'm going to kind of break that rule, too, because when I say teenagers, I'm thinking of someone like 18, Mm -hmm. because some of these examples are going to be probably 15 and younger, right? but these kids also look very young, Mm -hmm. so their age will actually be 15 and younger. So that's kind of my cutoff. Okay. Anything higher than that's teenagers. Sure. And you see them getting killed all the time in young adults and horror movies. Which so I'm, is I'm gonna, totally fine. Which is fine. Yeah. And that's not this topic. Another thing that I plan to focus on are kids that are actually killed on camera. Okay. I'll break that right. rule Just like too. a dead kid, like in a fo- in a picture right. frame. Or suggested that something happened right. off screen. I do mention some of that historically and for effect, but I'm trying to focus on somebody you actually see get on killed screen, on screen. Sure. And then, of course, the third one, I'm going to try to focus on actual, like, murder and not just, like, accidents. Although I do have some examples of that as well. 
but I'm trying to really focus on like intent. You know, somebody is killing these children and you see it. So this should be a nice, lighthearted affair. I think. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Let the darkness begin. Okay. All right. So history. Start from the beginning. The yep. first movie I could find that dealt with child death or maybe showed it. I say maybe because I, I wasn't able to see this movie. But the movie that I found is called The Awakening of Helena Ritchie. And it's from 1916. Okay. Silent movie. Wow. And it's based on a book of the same name from 1906. But it's about a woman named Helena Ritchie who leaves her drunken husband. And he apparently killed their child. So then she goes off with her friend... I don't know. She poses as his sister and adopts an orphan boy, and then things go to hell. I don't know. It's a weird fucking movie. I don't get it. It's a surviving silent film. It's in the Library of Congress. I just couldn't find a copy of it. Supposedly, it shows maybe some form of child being killed mm-hmm. by the drunken husband, mm-hmm. but I just I couldn't find it. Right. But it's the first one that at least mentions it or deals with it cinematically okay. that I could find. So there you go for history. Now, the next movie I found was none other than Frankenstein from 1931. Oh, yeah. This is the Boris Korloff Frankenstein, of course. Mm-hmm. It's the American pre-code monster movie from Universal Pictures. Classic, classic film. And it's based on the book by Mary Shelley. I don't know why I feel like I have to explain this to everybody. Everybody Everyone's should know what seen Frank, this movie. Frankenstein. Yeah, one hundred percent of the audience has seen yeah. this movie. But the thing is, what people might not remember because this is a scene that was actually removed is a scene where Frankenstein's monster kills a little girl. Mm-hmm. The, oh, there's a scene where they show it. Yes, I'll break down the scene. So. This little girl is playing with Frankenstein's monster. He wanders onto her farm or whatever, and they play. And mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster, which, what's his name? Is it Adam? Franken- I don't know. Frankenstein's Franken- monster. Oh, right, because it's Dr. Frankenstein. Right, right, right. right. Sure, Adam. Anyway, yeah, fuck it. Anyway, his name's Jonathan. Yeah, his name's Bernadette. <laughs> Worst name. Worst name Can't ever. Be a cheerleader. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your cheerleading days are over, Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> anyway, they meet on the farm and they're playing. And of course, for some reason, the girl's not freaked out by a fucking monster or whatever, but they're playing on the farm near this pond. And he picks her up and he's like, yay, swinging her around. And then he throws her in the pond, but she can't swim. So she starts splashing around. And of course, he's Frankenstein's monster. He doesn't know shit. And he doesn't save her or tries to save her. Can't. I don't remember. But either way, she drowns right there on camera. Right. That was in the original release it ended up getting cut in places like massachusetts pennsylvania and new york mm-hmm. if you remember like states could do that or would do that they would cut things sure. scenes out of movies and stuff it wasn't really like a, a national thing some states were like no we're not going to show that and so that scene got cut out of a lot of prints it finally got reinstated back in i don't think i've ever seen the scene before so, and i meant to show it to you before we started this right so it's not really graphic or anything but it does show a transition of a child splashing around and then not suggesting that you right. or drown huh i mean tamed by any standards now but yeah frankenstein drowns a little girl i thought i always remembered when i saw it you know as a kid and i haven't i probably haven't seen it in 20 years but that you see him pick her up and then it cuts and the next thing doesn't he carry your dead body through town or something like that i don't i'm gonna say maybe but i don't remember the rest of it it's been so long since i've seen the movie and i don't think i've ever saw her splashing around in the water i think it's a very quick scene but yeah yeah. so yeah kid killing in a popular movie from 1931 Hmm. the next movie you want to talk about is sabotage from 1936 this is directed by alfred hitchcock It's loosely based on Joseph Conrad's novel, The Secret Agent. Okay. And it's about a woman who discovers that her husband is a terrorist, essentially. Did you see this movie? Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I think I've seen all the Hitchcock movies, but it's been a while. So the scene I'm about to talk about in this movie is considered like a very popular one, where this kid is carrying a package that has a bomb in it, and he gets on a bus, and he's got film canisters too, or whatever. It's one of those classic Hitchcock suspense building scenes where, you know, there's a ticking clock, and it keeps going back and forth, and the audience knows this kid has a bomb, Mm -hmm. but everyone else is oblivious, and you know, he's talking to people on the bus, and there's a woman with a puppy and it's all like oh shit because it's getting more suspenseful and then it just blows the fuck up like oh, wow. the bus just blows up yeah yeah you know it 
was controversial, and it's kind of surprising now if you see it. Sure. But anyway, another reason I think why the scene is famous is because it's sort of a film school teaching point in building suspense. And even Hitchcock regrets filming this scene, but not because a kid was killed in the scene, but because he says it's a shitty way of building suspense and not relieving that tension in a satisfying way to the audience. Mm-hmm. Is there a scene you wouldn't do over again? Thinking one specifically, the boy with the bomb. Well, that was because I made the terrible mistake of having a boy carry a bomb across the city. Mm -hmm. You, the audience, knew that it was a bomb. And I built it up and up, and and you knew it was going to go off at one o'clock. But I let the clocks go one minute past one, two minutes, and worked the audience up. And then I let the bomb go off. And he was on a bus and it blew the whole thing. And uh, I remember I was at the press show and a woman critic came up with both raised fists and said, how dare you do a thing like that? I'd made the mistake in not relieving them at the end of the suspense. In other words, if you mm-hmm. put an audience through the mill like that, you must relieve it. The bomb must be found and quickly thrown out of the window. Then it goes off out there and the audience are relieved. And if you had it to do over again... I'd never let the bomb go off. Uh, was it also because a child was killed in the scene that they thought it was too brutal? No, I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason is that uh, an audience gets worked up. Yeah. And they need relief. So he regretted doing that. Hmm. So I mean, he didn't mind killing a kid. He just was yeah, like, sure. yeah, it's bad for him. I wish right. I'd have done it differently. <laughs> so there you go. And again, also at this time, we had the Hayes Code, the Motion Picture Production Code. Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot. I'm not going to talk about it much. But I looked at it and looked at all the stipulations on it because I was like, is there some sort of stipulation that says don't kill children? Right. And there's not really, but there's two things that popped up in the guidelines that sort of address it. One is brutality and possible gruesomeness. That's a no-no. Sure. And apparent cruelty to children or animals, which that fits in. So and that's so like if you a kill f- them. That's probably cruelty. Yeah. So yeah. that's cruelty. So they frowned upon that. But actually, the second one was more like a suggestion. Mm-hmm. So like nudity, profanity. That was like no. Not at all. But right. the apparent cruelty to children and animals was like, it's frowned upon. Right. But, you know, I was surprised to read that because I thought the Hayes could be like, no. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, sh- they have things like, don't show white slavery. Right. But I guess you can get away with killing kids and shit. So that's why it wasn't excised from the Hitchcock movie. Okay. Because it was just kind of frowned upon, but it wasn't like an absolute no-no. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So they kind of gave carte blanche to kill kids mm-hmm. if you did it correctly. Sure. And apparently Hitchcock did. So the next movie I want to talk about and we've talked about this plenty, is The Bad Seed from 1956. Mm, this it. was a good example of kids getting killed because you see at the end of this, spoiler, but if you listen to Kids That Kill, you know what happens. The little girl, Rhoda. Yeah, Patty McCormick. Yeah. Bitch gets hit by lightning. B- bitch gets hit by lightning out of nowhere. There's- yeah. yeah, so it was based on the play, and in the play, she goes on, which is a better ending. I mean, I it's agree. a better ending that her mother dies and she ends up living and goes on to be a monster in the future. But right. in the movie, that Hayes Good wouldn't allow it, so they had to kill her somehow right you know or i guess put her in jail like i feel like they had to kill her yeah but that's an interesting point like it was more socially acceptable to kill this child right on camera than to let her get away with a crime right according to the ethics of the hayes code and right. the motion pictures at the time it's kind that's, of bonkers <laughs> it's yeah. kind of bonkers but yeah i mean as far as a you know at that time period that was crazy but it's a great example and it's a great movie yeah agreed next movie i want to talk about and i'm sure you've got some feedback on this one is lord of the flies both 1963 oh, yeah. and 1990 version mm-hmm. you know the timeless story of kids in summer camp are you ready for summer are you ready for 
I'm just kidding. But the kids that are marooned on an island because the, their plane crashed, and then they turn into savages. And, of course, there's two big deaths in that. Right. One is Simon, where they stab him with sticks. Right. It's dark, and they can't see. So they think they didn't do it on purpose. They think that he's the monster. And they'd worked themselves up in a fury already. Right. So they just Around like, the he's fire. a real monster, right. and they stab him. And the second one is when they kill Piggy with a rock. Yeah. And drop it on his is, head. Oh, my God. So shocking the mm-hmm. first time you see it because you just you never think it's going to get that bad and then it gets that bad it does yeah. get that bad so i watched both versions and saw both deaths mm-hmm. for the most part the simon scene just shows mostly sticks right you know they don't show them enter his body you know they show the movement of sticks and sort of like the crowd and everything but it's not very graphic right in the 1990 version afterward he's got a bunch of puncture wounds and it's nighttime but his corpse looks more fucked up sure uh the piggy one they drop the rock on him in the 1963 version he falls into the ocean so you see his floating dead body so you see the rock kind of hit him but it's sort of in front of him the 1990 version is also a little more graphic it shows it hit him he lands on the ground yep. and he's covered in blood you know he's not like it's just bloody so it's not like his head's caved in but i mean the rock fucking falls on him so right. it's fairly graphic in both counts but again this is true to the novel it's a classic novel yeah and so i feel like they could get away with that a little bit more yeah sure because i Obviously, it's, it's not for exploitation purposes, right. which a lot of the movies that you're going to talk about, I'm sure, towards the ending are a lot more kind of like, oh, we did it to like get a reaction. Right. Like it's part of the story, and the story is, I mean, there's a reason it's a classic. There's a reason why everybody in high school has to read it, you know. So right, but it's interesting to me too that this is five years after Bad Seed, mm-hmm. and they were true to the book killing innocent kids because these kids are innocent sure whereas they had to change the ending to the bad scene you know right it's interesting the way they work because it's it's inconsistent yeah you're right well yeah because you know at the end like the what was it like the british army or something like that you know discovers them or whatever they're not like and then they took all the boys to court and they were all found guilty except for the lead guy and they all went to jail and had to pay for their crimes like they don't pay for their crimes no 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 in the movie the way that it's set up no i mean even the story isn't either they just go back to being kids again. yeah it's funny i mean that's why like Hayes code was fucked up i mean it created a lot of really great movies out of the time but like it was censorship i mean it was censorship, it was censorship and know? it was inconsistent censorship, right yeah which the ratings of movies now are inconsistent as well yeah you know, the correct. whole rating system and i know we talked about that in c17 and i'll touch on that a little bit more as i go through some of these topics because it's interesting how some movies get a certain rating for what they show right we'll talk about it more But I want to talk about the next movie because the next movie I'm discussing is Once Upon a Time in the West from 1968. Mm -hmm. It's a Sergio Leone movie. I fucking love Sergio Leone movies. Yeah. I love his movies. That's where we're different. He's just awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. So this movie is basically a revenge movie. It stars Charles Bronson and Henry Fonda. And basically Bronson's character goes looking for revenge. He gets a guy named Frank for a past thing that happened. Frank is played by Henry Fonda. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I include in here because in a scene near the beginning when we're introduced to Fonda's character, it's a scene where Fonda and his whole group of bad guys basically go to this farm and like kill the whole family, except for one kid who they had missed. This kid comes out, you know, and he's got a gun, but he's outnumbered by Fonda and his whole group. You don't see Fonda's face yet, but the way he's introduced is essentially he holds his gun on this kid that shows the kid's face, and it shows Fonda from the back, 
And then the camera kind of pans around to reveal his face, and that's when he shoots the kid. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not graphic. You don't see him actually shoot the kid, but this whole idea that this guy's so ruthless that he'll just kill a child coldly is part of Fonda's character, and they introduced him that way. Right. And that's really interesting on top of that because at the time, Fonda was considered you know, a good guy in movies. I don't think he ever played a villain before, and he certainly never played one that was that cold and heartless. Sergio Leone asked me to do a film on the sent me the script and I just couldn't believe it. So I accepted. And my opening scene in the film, and you see five or six long robe, brimmed hat characters that you don't recognize, but just ominous looking, converging from the sagebrush with rifles and handguns. And this terrible moment that you just watched the farm family massacred. And they start to walk towards you, converging towards you. And then the camera switches back to the little boy who's standing there just petrified watching these people come to him and then into the foreground of the little boy comes a figure the camera very slowly is coming around and Sergio Leone had cast me because he could imagine at this moment the audience saying Jesus Christ it's Henry Fonda (laughs) my next movie Jaws from 1975. <laughs> sure, yeah. The classic shark movie directed by Steven Spielberg. I don't have to explain this movie. You guys know this. It's it's, it's classic. Love yep. this movie. It's wonderful. But I bring it up because there is a scene where a little boy gets eaten by the shark. I always forget about this scene. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think, the second death in this movie because it's the woman at the beginning, uh-huh. the naked woman, and then uh, the little kid Alex Kintner is on his raft and his friends are swimming at the beach. Yeah, the shark comes up and like grabs him and you can see, like, blood and shit shooting out of the water. Yeah. Like, the scene starts where somebody's trying to find his dog or whatever, and they can't find the dog. And then the, the, you hear the shark, and you see its point of view. And then it grabs the Kintner kid, and blood was, like, shooting up everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then it shows him being yanked onto the water, and blood's going everywhere. Right. And then he just sees his cut off. And then everybody's, like, running out of the out water. Of the water and, and then there's the panic. one mom that can't, that can't everybody find her kid. Right, yeah. Oh, right. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, that one scene established that nobody was safe. You know, this shark will attack anybody. Right, sure. You know, it's crazy. When they filmed the scene, Spielberg was worried because they wanted to keep a PG rating. Mm-hmm. Jaws is PG, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. It's, which it's is harder not to remember yeah. that because it's like, really? So, yeah, they wanted to keep the PG rating, so they had to edit that scene just right so that they would not get an R rating. So, it's a PG movie with a kid getting killed on screen with blood spurting everywhere. Jeez. The 70s were just a different time, really, man. just completely different. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people forget about that scene, but it was a summer blockbuster. It was a huge movie. And something like that was used to good effect because, again, it's like, holy shit, this shark will fuck up anybody. Yeah. You know? All right, my next movie is Assault on Precinct 13 from 1976. I talk about it in Street Gangs. It's about this police station that this gang is trying to get in and kill these these people inside because one of the people inside killed their leader. This gang is called Street Thunder, whatever. Um, It's a good movie. I like it. But the scene I'm talking about, and I mentioned it before in Street Gangs, but I'll talk about it again, is this little girl, and you just watched the scene with me, and this little girl is going to get ice cream, and she gets a scoop of ice cream, and as soon as she leaves, uh, the gang comes up and starts fucking with the ice cream guy. Was it Denise Richards? Did it's, you tell no, me? No, Kim Richards. Kim Richards, right. Yeah. So Kim Richards, she was, uh, she was actually a popular actress back in the late 70s, early 80s, I guess. She was in like Escape from Witch Mountain and some of those Disney movies back then, and now she's like in the crazy Housewives of L.A. or something. Whatever. Anyway, so she was real young in this movie, like nine, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she goes and gets her ice cream. She realizes she gets the wrong flavor. And so she's walking back to the ice cream truck. She goes and tells 
the first person she sees who she thinks is the ice cream guy, she goes, hey, I got the wrong flavor. You gave me, I wanted vanilla or whatever. And then he just fucking shoots her. And I mean, blood and shit. It's just like straight up shoots the fuck out of her. Yeah. And it's shocking if yeah, you're not you expecting it. You don't see it coming. You don't see it coming. You don't, you're just like, holy shit. Please, can I get an ice cream? What flavor? Vanilla twist. Hey, this is regular vanilla. I wanted Vanilla Twist. So fun fact, the MPAA originally gave Carpenter an X rating for that scene. And he didn't know what to do, so he went back to a producer and they said, go ahead and cut the scene. So they did, and they secured the R. But before they released it, they just put that scene back in it and released it with that scene with an R rating. Uh huh. Fucking awesome. And love that. I feel like that's a gig you can only do once. Yeah, yeah. And I think definitely. and Carpenter stole it. Now nobody else can do that. Like, right. Like, good job, but thanks for fucking it for everybody else because well, I mean that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like the MPAA is not real. Like no. whenever we were kids, like going to movies and stuff like that. You know, you have the idea that like going to an R-rated movie is like illegal in some way and right. it's not the theaters don't have to enforce any of this like this is all just a made up thing right that is just a I don't know I feel like it's a form of censorship I understand it's for kids and it's to keep kids sure. from watching certain things but like fuck kids I don't care about them that's and not the my people problem. who make it up aren't like these aren't film scholars these aren't right. people who like have psychology yeah, degrees just, on content these are like just people just that random people, people that probably don't even watch movies they're just like that, oh like, I don't like kids. that right that right. are just like you know like I didn't like that part I don't like that so kid. let's just do something so, about you need it, to cut and it. We're gonna do this, or yeah. we're not gonna give you a rating, right? And so Carpenter was like, "Okay," and then he just like put it back in and released it. I love it's that. Fucking awesome. Yeah. So, move. so that's why you see that in that movie. The next one I want to talk about is Who Can Kill a Child from 1976. Best movie ever. Yeah, you talked about this in your Kids That Kill episode yep. at great length, and it is something. Oh, I love it. It is something else. So you saw it? Yes. And that's some shit. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, the movie is about this couple, a guy and his pregnant wife, and they end up on this island, and it's populated with nothing but murderous children and i guess they killed all the adults or whatever so it's kind of children of the corn ish and i guess they end up you know having to deal with that it's fucked up but that part i'm not really talking about because you already discussed that at length in kids that kill the part i'm talking about is when these kids get fucking shot yeah. up and there's they one scene them off where i guess the the guy has a machine gun and they're all lining up smiling at him because they're kind of creepy as fuck and he just mows down a bunch of yep. them and blood's going everywhere and it's like all oh, it's fucking nuts man yeah it's an upsetting movie but it just the tone of it is just so i mean it's a foreign film and you know tonally there's a reason why american films are made a certain way and why you know movies from different countries are made a certain way it's just it's wow. such an it's, interesting take you know yeah it's it is something else i highly recommend watching yeah. it. it is some shit but it's got plenty of children getting shot the fuck up yeah uh, next movie i want to talk about is andy warhol's bad from 1977 mm-hmm. there's one scene in particular here it's the one i want to talk about i have not seen this movie i know what it's about it's about a, a housewife in queens and she's a hairdresser she makes extra money by operating a, a murder for hire service connecting clients with like sociopathic hitmen who perform horrific jobs like killing pets and babies and stuff and there's one scene where this woman i guess is trying to get someone to come kill her it's, baby yeah it's not her it's, it's not a, yeah. but she's 
trying to get someone to come over and take care of this problem because her kid's a fucking annoying, crying mess. She finally just can't stand it anymore, so she grabs the kid and she throws him out the fucking window and it shows him tumbling through the air and then finally hitting the street and just like splat and blood gets on like a bystander. Shoot up, and then it shows up, that yeah. battered baby corpse on the ground and blood's everywhere. Like a dog comes up and sniffs it. It's disgusting. It's still disgusting. Yeah. And it's, it's just horrifying. I haven't seen the rest of this movie, so is that on par with what is the rest of this film? Or? Not really, to be honest. I mean, it, this is also, like, when you say it's an Andy Warhol film, it wasn't actually directed by Andy Warhol. It's no. called Andy Warhol's Bad. Right. From what I understand, he had very little to do with Probably the just movie it at that put point. his name on it. I love the earlier kind of films of Andy Warhol, Flesh, and, you know, stuff right, like right, right. that. This was not one of my favorites. Like, most of the earlier ones are more about, like, sexual politics. Right. And they sit around and they're weird sexual. I find that more interesting. This one's more the baby killing. The baby persuasion. killing, yeah. And it was rated X in the US, which I imagine is for scenes like that. But I had to bring it up because it's still bombastic as yeah, fuck. Yeah, I think every Andy Warhol movie was rated X in some form. So Yeah. So the next movie I want to talk about is a little more popular. Mm-hmm. It's a horror movie from the 80s because now we're in the 80s and I'm talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. Now the Halloween series, initially, you may know this or not, but it was supposed to be an anthology series. So each of those movies with the Halloween name was going to be a different story every time they brought one out. So the first one was the Michael Myers story, and then they were going to do different movies. But because the first Halloween got so popular and made so much money, they decided to make a direct sequel to that story. So Halloween 2 is about Michael Myers, and it's pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, obviously, but it's okay as a sequel. But then for the third movie, they decided to go back to the anthology mindset and make a totally different story, but use the Halloween name, which confused people, and it was obviously not a very successful and people didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, that and one honestly, looks like off the rails. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, this one is just doesn't I've make never any seen fucking it, sense. From it's what you showed me, I was just crazy. like, Ugh, Yeah, so this one is about this crazy toy maker that's trying to kill as many people, I guess, as possible during okay. Halloween through some ancient Celtic ritual involving like the stolen rock from Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. And putting pieces in Halloween masks and sending the signal that makes bugs and snakes come out of the mask. And there's also robots in this, like automatons. It makes this movie's batshit nuts. Yeah. It's still kind of watchable. But the scene I'm talking about is the scene where the toy maker is showing the hero of the movie how this mask works. And they're observing this family that's in this iron room. They can't get out. But the family's not worried or anything because they think they're just there for product testing and that everything's going to be fine or whatever. And so they then turn the TV on. bunch of people behind the glass, you know, like watching, you know. And so they turn the TV on. And then while they're sitting there waiting, the kid puts the mask on and he's sitting in front of the TV. And then the stupid song that has been playing throughout the whole movie, you know, the Silver Shamrock theme song that once you hear it, it can't get out of your head. And then that starts to activate the Stonehenge piece in the mask or whatever. And then the kid falls down. Of course, all these bugs and stuff come out of his face. And, and they kill the family and stuff. And so, shit. yeah, he was a young kid. And then it showed, you know, basically these bugs and nasty critters come out of his fucking face, essentially. So that's a pretty inventive way to kill somebody. I mean, the one thing about it was that it all happened behind the mask. So it's not an upsetting scene just because it's just so weird. And, and it's so weird. It's very, yeah, it's and not he's like. he's not like, oh, no, I'm dying. Like, he just stands there and then all of a sudden he falls over and, and like, bugs a bunch of bugs out. Call out, crawl yeah. out of his mask. Yeah. So it's, it's still creepy though. 
The next movie is The Blob from 1988, the remake. Mm-hmm. I really like that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I saw it when it came out. Was that what famous actors? Was so it had that? Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith in it. Shawnee Smith. But yeah. Kevin Dillon with a mullet, you know, he was in Entourage yeah, yeah. as one of the dudes, whatever. This movie was co-written by Frank Darabont. Hmm. So the title is pretty self-explanatory. It's a shapeless, gooey critter that gets on people and dissolves them. And it's a, it's a fucking blob, essentially. Yeah. Hence the name Blobby. And so it's kind of it, the worst premise for a movie ever. It, it is just I mean, borderline lazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's of course a remake of the 1950 film with the same name, starring Steve McQueen, which yep. isn't a bad. I mean, it's for, not a bad a movie, shitty... but f- as for an idea, that shouldn't have made it past the like the right. script phase. Yeah, but the way they deal with this one, this remake, is they just double down on it being gory and nuts. Yep, and and it's, it's I a remember lot of fun. it being gross. Yeah, it's very gross. It dissolved people really cool. I mean, it's yeah, it's a fun fun movie. If you can check it out or find anywhere, check it out because it's worth your time. I really enjoy it. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a face, you could look it in the eye. If it had a body, you could shoot it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The blob. Terror has no shape. Uh, There's a scene in it where they're running from the blob in the sewer, and it's Shawnee Smith and her little brother, who's probably 12, Mm -hmm. and his friend, his annoying friend, they went to saw the movies, and of course the blob came into the movie theater and they had to run, and they're in the sewer through a series of events. And they're trying to climb up this ladder. And like Shawnee Smith's brother's friend, I forgot what the kid's name is, whatever, it doesn't matter. The blob gets him, Mm -hmm. like grabs him. And then he kind of tries to get away, but he's all melted. So it shows this kid all like being dissolved. It's It's a real quick scare, like, yeah, and then he gets yanked. So Mm -hmm. they fucking killed this kid, Mm -hmm. like hardcore getting dissolved by the blob. Okay. Yeah, like a 12-year-old kid. So that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. It didn't affect the rating. It was still an R-rated movie. And Where, When is this? 88? 1988. Yeah, they're past that, I think. You think so? I mean... Maybe. I got well, a couple examples I'll bring We'll see. But yeah, something indeed. Two other movies I want to talk about in the 80s before we move on is Pet Cemetery from 1989. Hmm? We talked about that in Kids That Kill, but the gauge scene is really worth mentioning again. Ugh, yeah. Because that was really pretty disturbing. When he got hit by a car? No, because he didn't really see that. Right. I mean, the, the, the idea of that showing less air, made you yeah. go, oh, no, he's killed by a car. But I'm talking about the part at the end. So, of course, Gage, the little boy who's killed, gets buried in the pet cemetery. He comes back, and he murders a bunch of people. Yeah. And, Fred Gwynn. And, and his dad. And his mom. Injects him with something that kills him. But it kills him kind of slow. Like, he stumbles oh, off yeah. of saying, no fair. He sticks a, a needle in his neck. Yeah, and yeah. squirts him with whatever thing kills yeah. dogs or whatever and so he's like stumbling off and saying no fair and then he just like falls and falls over and, and hits his head on the wall like kind of hard it's like yeah and just dies <sighs> he watches his kids kind of slowly die and he's a toddler yeah oh he's a like three. almost a baby yeah yeah he's like three right and he can barely walk in as is and it's just harsh yeah that's a rough movie yeah kind of that was a harsh subject matter anyway just all across the board yeah but, you remember when we talked about it that yeah. you know there was no happy ending uh, no for that movie the next movie we want to talk about is beware children at play from 1989 and that is a trauma film directed by mick cribbin yeah one and, of our listeners anthony pointed that one out that we missed it so thanks yeah. anthony i still haven't seen it uh you just showed me the i just showed the clip ending uh-huh. yeah the, it is something so the plot is after these children have gone missing a writer and a cop decide to get to the bottom of it and then so they discovered that their children are being brainwashed into zombified cannibal killers by some disturbed teen mm-hmm. cult guy i don't know i didn't watch it yet 
Uh, but we did watch the scene, and it's considered probably one of their most controversial titles due to this gruesome scene. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically these townspeople, adults, go and like kill all the kids in creative ways. In cre- I think fairly that's creative the part ways. That's so probably. Yeah. If you're upset by this movie, that's the upsetting part. Was that it wasn't just like these kids need to die. Let's just get this over with. They all die in creative and fantastical ways. Gunshots, shotguns. Some kid gets a gun put in his mouth. That's probably the, that's, actually the that wrong. That would hurt a little, yeah. That was rough. The saving grace here is that this was so poorly done. It looked like when kids play outside and bang, you're dead, and they fall down. And that's how bad it looked. That's what it looks like, yeah. These kids were not actors. Um, These were one takes, I think. Yeah, Yeah. this was extremely low budget. The pitchfork scene, I felt like, was decent. That was decent. That was decent, yeah. Yeah, that that was all right. Mm -hmm. I mean, for what it was, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. But yeah, it was just child murder on screen. About 12 different kids, maybe. Yeah, over a couple of minutes. It wasn't just like, oh, I think a kid might have gotten murdered. There was a good right. six minutes of murdering kids. Yeah. So that was the end of Beware Children at Play. Mm-hmm. So, oh, fun fact. According to the trauma founder Lloyd Kaufman, when the film's trailer was played at the Cannes Film Festival before a screening of Tromeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. nearly half of the theater walked out in protest. The demon has come to enroll your children into the school of evil. Now, the only way to discipline your children is with a 12-gauge shotgun. From trauma, of course. What the fuck did they expect? They're at a movie trauma. called Tromeo and Juliet. Right. What did they expect that they were going to try to top that with? Right. And I don't know how many kids get killed in trauma movies, but I will say, I remember back in Toxic Avenger, and I talked about this in Toxic Waste, a kid gets his head run over by a car and it like explodes. Correct. Yeah. And then they take a picture of it. Right. Which a girl masturbates to later in right. the movie. Love so they're really not strangers to killing kids right. I mean, or that's their, that's fucked their up their shit. Shtick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a trauma film. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the saving grace of this one is that it was really poorly done. Yeah, agreed. So, next movie I want to talk about is A Good Son. And we talked about this a lot. I only mention it because, you know, that ending scene where, spoiler, you don't want to watch this movie anyway, but spoiler, you know, Elijah Wood is hanging by one hand by Macaulay Culkin's mom, Macaulay Culkin's in the other. She can only hold on to one. She drops Macaulay and it shows his ass like fall to and his death. They did it for real life. They put him on strings and like dropped his ass. Dropped Macaulay Culkin over a cliff. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't really show him splat on the concrete, I don't think. it. But then it cuts to him like splatted. Dead body yeah. splatted on the rocks. But like, it shows him fall to his death. Yeah. You know, and pretty much almost shows the impact. So yeah, yeah that was hardcore. But again, it falls in line with that kid that uh, was bad mm-hmm. and had to pay for it. Got his punishment. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to see Macaulay Culkin die, you can... It's pleasurable. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasant part of the film. My next movie is probably the most kid-killing-y, kid-dying movie ever. Can you guess what it is? Mm, I don't think so. Battle Royale from 2000. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't include this in mine because I think I did cut off it. I think I did cut off at like 12. And these were kind of like teenagers, so. They are. I mean, they're like 15 years-ish. So I included it's the, it. It's on the cusp. I it's think, on the yeah. cusp. I included it because there's some that look really, well, really We've young. never talked about it before, and it's a great movie. Yeah, like, it is a great a, movie. It's based on a 1999 novel of the same name, Japanese novel. And it's also, there's a manga that came out, you know, a few years later or whatever. But the movie's about a group of ninth grade students from a Japanese high school that have been forced, I guess this, this law that says that they have to take a class to this island and compete in what's known as Battle Royale. The rules are you have this collar put on your neck that will explode if you try to escape or if you're in the wrong zone at the wrong time. 
and you get a bunch of randomly selected weapons and you have to kill each other. There's only one person left alive. Right. It's to deal with overpopulation. Yeah. Which the, is fair. Yeah, that's fair. Which is a good... Make them kill each solid other. Solid plan. Yeah. And it's bloody and it's brutal. And I remember, you know, the first scene, death, where they tested out the collar and there's like some girl just got her fucking neck blown up. Yeah. Which is a great setup to the movie because it you is. need to just... You got to get on board with it at the beginning. And then, I mean, they die in creative ways. And right. like... And it's, it's bloody. It doesn't yeah. shy away from fucking straight up murder. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say on that? No. One thing I will say, there's some fun fact stuff, though. So this movie, until recently, was never really officially released in the U.S. Yeah. For like it was a, hard to find. Before the internet, it was hard to find. It was hard to find. Right. It had trouble getting a distributor, but it wasn't like, oh, you can't show this in movie houses. Because it did have some test screenings. It did have some film festivals that showed it around, too. But you got to understand, this was in 2000. It got a lot of negative reviews uh, initially when it was through test audiences because they call it the Columbine syndrome. Yeah, it was a year after a Columbine. A year after Columbine. And... Kids killing kids was not something we really were wanting to look at for entertainment. Right. That would change. We'll talk about that going forward. Sure. But as far as, you know, when this came out, it came out at a time that Americans just really didn't want to see kids murder each other. It's a great film. I agree. But it's just something that took time for us to, to get on board with. And it would prove to be pretty influential. We'll talk about that going forward. And then my next movie is Feast from 2005. Mm-hmm. I like that movie. It was directed by John Gulliger. No budget horror movie. It's noted because it was one of the films from Project Greenlight. Yeah, I forgot third about season. that. Yeah, which was the reality show where Ben Affleck and Matt Damon produced like a movie each season. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the only horror movie that they did. Like I think Project Greenlight works best with like low budget horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a good genre for it and it's a fun movie it's you know it takes tropes and you know the the first person that comes in he's like i'm gonna save your ass and he immediately gets killed so you don't really know who's gonna be the last person standing and it has fun with tropes and has some interesting people in it Yeah, it's kind of a fun monster movie it's definitely a fun monster movie and super low budget but there's a scene where this woman's son basically gets eaten by the monster it's not too graphic i mean it's not like super super gory but it's like it was kind of shocking because again nobody was safe i guess you should have known it from the movie because every time you think there's going to be a hero or somebody to step up, they get killed. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of creative mm-hmm. stuff in there. And a kid gets killed, which is pretty shocking. But, you know, the movie didn't do all that great. Yeah, R-rated movie. But its sequel called Feast 2 Sloppy Seconds from 2008 was, again, directed by John Gulliger. I don't know. I didn't even bother watching it. But I knew that there was a specific scene that they, I guess, tried to top the most bombastic stuff they did in the first one. So they're on the roof of this building. I guess there's more monsters in this town or whatever. And there's a baby crying in a car. I guess the adults in the car were killed. So one of the guys that's up on the top of the building says he's going to go save the baby. He goes down on the street. He grabs the baby. He's running down the street. But the monsters start chasing him. And he's like, I can't get away from him. And he says, sorry. And he throws the baby up in the air. Who stays up in the air for a long ass time. Yeah. And then hits the street, splats on the street. And then a monster comes and eats it. Right. Yeah. And everybody on the roof's like, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. I didn't see the rest of the movie. I don't care. But it's like, you know, what the fuck? I didn't mind the scene. I actually kind of liked it. Did you? Weird. I mean, I don't. I mean, it didn't offend me. It takes a lot to offend me. But Mm -hmm. I was like, you could tell it was like, I'm going to shock people or I'm going for a darkly comic shocking scene. And it didn't work for me. For me, obviously, movies have ways of determining what type of character someone is. And so the fact that he like killed this baby to save his own life, I was kind of like, now I know what type of character he is. Thank you for letting me know that. So right. Fair enough. There you Mm -hmm. go. The next movie is Postal from 2007. And that was directed by Uwe Boll. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. 
W- U at W E. Yeah. Yeah. E w- I don't know. Yeah, sure. Whatever how the fuck you say his name. He's a German director, makes notoriously bad movies. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the postals based on a video game of the same name. I don't know much about this movie. It's fucking awful. Yeah. But there's a scene in it, and I showed you the scene where they're at some festival or something, and then all these people start getting a gunfight, and then children just get shot down. There's like Nazis in it, and it's like that's yeah, kind and, of like and terrorists and and whatever and, and yeah these kids that are just getting didn't shot. care for okay fair enough it was really just stupid uh, stupid and over the top oddly enough that's not the most controversial thing in this movie the opening scene was actually like hugely controversial because the movie deals with terrorists and stuff the opening scene is a freaking airplane with these two like i guess arabs in it mm-hmm. and they're arguing over virgins in heaven or something and i guess it's supposed to be funny or whatever and then it cuts to showing them basically flying into the world trade center oh so yeah when was this movie made 2007 okay great fun fact the film was nominated for three golden raspberry awards the worst supporting actor ue bowl however you say his name worst supporting actor Vern troyer you know the the little person and, mm-hmm. and worst director so uh-huh. i don't yeah. know if you yeah it looks like garbage yeah it was garbage the next movie i want to talk about is uh, rambo from 2008 mm-hmm it's the fourth film in the Rambo franchise. This one was directed by Sylvester Stallone. It was Salone. just called Rambo? Yeah, it was okay. just called Rambo. I think it was originally going to be called John Rambo, but they just called it Rambo. Yeah, Stallone directed this, and of course, it's the fourth movie in the franchise. He's a former Vietnam vet. I talk about him in Vigilante Vets. But in this movie, he's hired by these Christian missionaries to take them upriver to this village in Burma because mm-hmm. they're doing missionary work in Burma. They get captured by the evil Burmese military, government, whatever. And so then he goes with these mercenaries to free them. Mm-hmm. You know, mayhem ensues. I, I like this movie a lot, to Ugh, be honest. I really didn't care for the scene. No, I didn't I care for know, the scene. Really upsetting. But, yeah, it, it was. I'm not upset by much, and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to watch this. So the, the scene Slate's talking about is the scene where, you know, the missionaries are in this village, and the military comes to basically just purge the fucking village, and they end up capturing the, the missionaries. And they come in there, and they raise the place. Yeah, they just and, blow up everything. And they shoot people, and they blow people up, and, and they murder kids on camera, stab them with uh, bayonets, throw them in the fucking fire, really shoot them like while they're in other people's arms. It's a brutal scene. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised this movie got an R rating. I find that shocking. It did. Yeah, yeah. I do too, but it really did. Don't like, I really didn't like it. I don't like that scene. I like the rest of it because there's just some carnage that's just great. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like 70s B-movie brutality garbage. Yeah. So, I overall like the film. I don't like that scene. He said that he did that scene and that he did the movie because of what's going on in Burma and he wanted to show something that was accurate to yeah, show that. if he really that. cared about what was going on in Burma, he would have made a documentary. Right, right, yeah, right. But that scene was quite disturbing. Ugh, didn't care for that. But I do like the movie overall, I'm just saying that. The next movie I want to talk about is Antichrist from 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is essentially a fucking horror film written and directed by Lars von Trier, starring Willem Gafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg. And the story is this grieving couple go in the woods and then she cuts off her clitoris and then makes him ejaculate blood and Ugh. it's fucking awful. Awful, awful, awful. I really, but the love, scene I really ta- love the movie. It's it but it's just, just excruciating. Yeah, it was yeah. very excruciating. It's, and it's beautifully shot. It's well done. The opening scene is very very well shot, but that's the scene I'm talking about. I can can I talk about it? Yeah, you want to describe it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's black and white mm-hmm. and it's all done and I mean they must have shot it with a phantom camera, but it's beautiful and it's a scene of Charlotte Gainsbourg and William Defoe having sex in the shower, and it's a very sexual scene. It's not just right. like, oh, that's kind of steamy and you kinda it's very 
very sexual. And it's all super slow motion. Yeah. And it's snowing outside and mm-hmm. there's an open window and their kid, while they're doing it, crawls out of the window and falls and dies in right. the snow. And it's beautifully shot and very dramatic. Very and dramatic. And combines sex and baby death in the same scene. Yeah. And you see him hit, but from a distance. Yeah. And it's slow motion falling. Actually, that scene it's sort beautiful. of reminded me of the Warhol scene. Yeah. But the slower, but it less exploding baby at the bottom but yeah it shows slow motion baby death and it's the most well shot baby death scene i've ever seen but it's yeah quite haunting and disturbing and yeah there's so much other fucked up shit in there that you can't even say that's the most fucked up thing in the movie oh no that's that was him using a subtlety i think in the opening scene that's subtlety for lars van trier yeah 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 very much so All right, so I'm winding this thing down. I got a couple more examples, but the next one's probably, again, the biggest example of this whole thing, really, and that's Hunger Games from 2012. Massively popular book series. I read them. I like the the books. They're written by Suzanne Collins, and it's about this girl who lives in a dystopian future named Katniss Everdeen. She lives in what's left of the United States called Panem, and they're all broken down into districts. Every year, they choose people to go fight in this arena of death. It's kids that are chosen between 12 and 18, and they're called tributes. She volunteers because her sister's chosen, because her sister's it was her first year to be on the roster. So her sister's chosen. She's like, fuck, I volunteer. So then she has to go and fight in this arena of death with a bunch of other kids from the different districts. The books are, I mean, not super graphic, but I mean, they they go into some detail about kids getting killed. Well, let me back up. Have you seen these movies? I've seen the first two, which is a surprise because right. normally when things like this come out, I don't see them. You don't have any you know, like I don't. I've. I don't think I've seen a Harry Potter movie. That's not true. I've seen one of them. Right. But I had some friends that were going to go see Hunger Games too, and they were like, "We're going to get drunk and go." And I was like, "Oh, I like the drunk part." Mm-hmm. So I watched the first one the night before, gotcha. so I would know what's happening. And then I don't remember the second one at all because I got drunk. Right. And, and I don't care. I don't care about the movies. Yeah, so. it doesn't matter. But yes, I did see them, and I remember the scene of where she volunteered for mm-hmm. her sister because she's like no or my sister too young and she goes instead right so there's a little girl in the movie that Katniss befriends named Rue who's from a different district like District 11 or whatever. I don't know but she's really young she's like the minimum age she's like 12 really tiny girl mm-hmm. And she hides really well, so she's hiding from the other people, and they kind of team up or whatever. But there's a scene where that little girl like gets a spear yeah. stuck in her, and she dies, you know, and it's sad and it's tragic. And they show as much as they can for a PG-13 movie because they show her getting hit, I yeah. think. But you know, there you go, child death, twelve year old getting murdered mm-hmm. in an arena where a bunch of other kids are getting murdered. I will say this. The violence was very tricky for them to do in the movie. So they do shaky cam stuff, which is big in this, that time, you know, and just like a lot of the chaos of what's going on. So it's not as brutal as like Battle Royale. Clearly. Right. Sure. Yeah. Although people accuse this movie and this books of ripping off Battle Royale and there's some merit to that, which yeah. the author says she never heard of them beforehand. But either way, they are very similar, obviously. Yeah. But this one, the juggling of keeping a PG-13 rating, but showing kids getting killed by this, you know, dozens. Uh-huh. And so that, that's kind of a hat trick. But it's what's interesting is like none of that seems to be much of a controversy. The most I've heard is that it's derivative of Battle Royale. That seems like the biggest right. controversy and not that now we're heralding literature that has teens killing other teens that's marketed to teens. Right. Then I don't have a problem with them. I don't mind. I like that shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. fine. But it's just interesting how we're talking about child death back in the day and it's being banned and showing people kids being killed or whatever. 
and then but now two, it's like mass marketed. Yeah, so now yeah, it's mass marketed. These are giant, you know, billion dollar movies. Yeah. So yeah, and do you have any comment on that? I know you didn't see much of them, but I just I found that interesting in the context of this this topic. I liked the part where I was drunk. I feel like that's every part. <laughs> My last movie I'm going to talk about is Cooties from 2014. Cooties, I just saw Cooties. Yeah. So it's starring Elijah Wood, and Rain Wilson, a bunch of other people, and it's about a mysterious virus that hits an isolated elementary school, transforming the kids into like a feral swarm of mass savage zombie ish type. Of yep. creatures. Please explain to me what's going on. That girl Shelly has cooties. He's right. This is a foodborne virus. The chicken nuggets. Virus is only dangerous if you haven't gone through puberty. Are you kidding me? I watched some of this. I haven't watched the whole thing. I've just watched a bunch of clips or whatever. And I bring this up because clearly this was a whole thing of beating on kids. That's yeah, the gimmick. All they the gimmick did. is the whole is, is movie is beat on 100% kids. of just and light them on fire and, and beating them up right, kids creative with ways lacrosse. To kill kids, with, yeah. yeah. Watching some of the scenes, it wasn't like brutal, like the Rambo scene of it's more like bashing kids. The movie seems to right. be what this is about. I don't know. I didn't see all the scenes. I know they yeah. lit them on fire. But I also bring this movie up because this is sort of a, a good entryway into the zombie aspect of this topic. Because if you notice, I didn't talk about any zombie movies. Right, sure. And the reason I didn't talk about any zombie movies is because I don't really consider that in the same range overall as like kids getting killed because they're already A, dead, or yeah. they're monsters by this point. I didn't talk about them in Kids That Kill just yeah, because, because it was... They weren't like kids motivated by anything right. other than whatever zombie virus got them. So, you know, there's plenty of kids getting killed and shot or whatever are dead kids and all the zombie movies not in the living dead even had the little girl who died and was eating her father's corpse and stabbed her mother with a garden tool if you remember so you know there's plenty of kids that are undead or being shot it's not the same thing and i don't think it affects people the same way they're like oh that kid's already a monster right you know so it doesn't matter but i bring up this movie because its purpose is to beat up kids and light them on fire and and fuck with kids did you like the movie you know unfortunately i did not i loved the idea and i was like so into it like when it started i was like this is gonna be so good but i mean that's all the movie is so it's like after you've seen that a couple times it's kind of like well now where are we going with this right. you know what i mean like it's just it's funny you know for the first five minutes and then it, you become desensitized towards right. it and then the whole rest of the movie is just that you know so right. it's like it's like okay we get it yeah yeah the, the movie could have been it could have been a seven minute film from what i saw i wasn't all that impressed yeah. and i feel like they also didn't go like the hardcore route like i said yeah. they're hitting kids and maybe they're stabbing them but i mean if you're going to do something like this really go so fucking hardcore because they're monsters so it's fine right right but go hardcore with it where they're just blowing to pieces yeah you know what i mean like just, I, you should up the gore a little bit more it's kind of opinion. just a swing right down the middle you know yeah and i feel like that's playing it a little safe yeah if you're gonna have a premise of murderous zombie kids fuck them up yeah so that's where i'm gonna end this topic that's the most recent film i could find you know back and forth it's interesting how we handle this type of subject in movies sometimes it's, it's unspeakable sometimes it's just plain trashy and exploitive you know but it's definitely something that we don't usually like to show mm-hmm. i would say that i think it's just something that filmmakers aren't really wanting to to put in front of you i think it's the same thing as like killing animals right like nobody wants to show that now on that other side one thing i do want to end on and i didn't talk about this is though yeah they don't want to show kids getting killed but they love putting kids in danger mm-hmm. you could probably think of 50 million movies where there's chaos going on and monsters are attacking anybody and there's a one fucking crying child in the middle of the street right with no parent all the chaos is happening around they focus in on it it's like eh, kid in danger and then somebody comes in and grabs them and rescues them and takes them somewhere or whatever so they love the children in 
in danger piece, you know, right. that's great. That's good cinema, you right. know. But there's always that catharsis dragging the kid out of there at the last minute. Right. And well, even like in classic, you know, in the Odessa Steps, you know, with the baby carriage going down the stairs and stuff like right, right, that. Right. Like a child in danger. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my heart's racing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too. That's the lesson, you know, Hitchcock learned back in 1936 with sabotage. It's like putting them in danger is tension. Right. But killing them is just going too far. Oh, That's all I got on this topic. What yeah. do you think? It was great. It was super interesting. And it wasn't as, well, it wasn't f- as funny as I kind of, because it's like killing kids. And I thought killing we were kid, just yeah. going to sit around and talk in a Southern accent about killing kids for an yeah. hour. But also it wasn't as sad as I thought it was going to be too. So there were like parts where I was like, oh, I'm a little nervous about this. Yeah. I, I worry a lot about the podcast, you know, and I'm like, if we're going to offend people or whatever. And then I always just tell myself, we didn't make these movies. Right. Don't <laughs> blame know? me. All we do is talk about them. So. Yeah. It was a great episode. I think it was really interesting. And I like that I did an episode and you kind of reacted to that episode, you know, in a different way. I just think that was a a really great idea. So thank you. And thanks for tuning in, listeners. We'll see you. See you next week. Yep. See you next week. Don't be killing nobody in the meantime, especially kids. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. 